Hello, and welcome to the Aging with Grace weekly podcast focusing on music therapy. I'm D.G. Linton Gridley, your host, and I'm so excited that you have joined me to learn about music therapy. Last week, we explored art therapy, and music therapy seems like a, the logical complement to art therapy. According to some people, music is in the left half of the brain, and art is in the right half. The jury is still out about that theory because the brain is a great mystery, but one thing is certain, both music and art relieve stress. Music soothes the soul of the savage beast, (laughs) as the saying goes, and as I have shared in previous podcasts, anything that relieves stress is a good thing and seems to be a major component of most therapies that I have covered in this series I am doing, exploring some of the many therapies available to us. Music has certainly helped me deal with some personal issues that have challenged me, but just listening to music to ease stress is not music therapy. Here is an excellent summary of music therapy from the myclevelandclinic.org. What is music therapy? Music therapy is the use of music and or elements of music like sound, rhythm, and harmony to accomplish goals like reducing stress or improving quality of life. A healthcare provider called a music therapist talks to you to learn more about your needs, music preferences, and experiences, and designs each session specifically for you. They also evaluate your progress each step of the way and may work with your other healthcare providers to coordinate your care. The number of sessions you have, the length of each session, and what you do depends on your individual needs and goals. Music therapy experiences may include singing, playing instruments, or writing music. Some sessions may involve listening to music and talking about its meaning. Healthcare providers use music as therapy in many contexts, including at the bedside for people in hospitals. However, music therapy isn't the same as listening to music to help you relax. Music can certainly be a powerful tool for calming and healing, but the definition of clinical musical therapy states that a qualified music therapist must plan and lead the session within a therapeutic relationship for it to qualify as this form of treatment. Music therapy helps people of all ages, children, adolescents, and adults, and from all walks of life. It may benefit many different aspects of your well-being, including mental, emotional, physical, social, and cognitive. So what conditions can music therapy manage? Music therapists use this form of treatment to manage a vast range of conditions. It's typically a complementary therapy. This means it's part of a larger treatment plan that may include medications or other interventions. Research shows music therapy can offer benefits to people with dementia, traumatic brain injuries, stroke, Parkinson's disease, cancer, autism spectrum disorder, mood disorders, anxiety disorders, learning disabilities, developmental disabilities, pain, acute and chronic, and substance use disorders. Can my child benefit from music therapy? Yes. Music therapists work with people of all ages, including young children and adolescents. They can design sessions to suit your child's unique needs. Music therapy may support many aspects of your child's development, including their behavior, learning, and emotions. 
Do I need to have musical talent to participate in music therapy? No, you don't need musical skills or talents to participate. Music therapy is open to everyone regardless of their skill level or background. Your music therapist will learn about you and any musical background you might have before designing sessions to meet your needs. Where does music therapy take place? Music therapy takes place in many different settings, including hospitals, schools, nursing homes, senior centers, outpatient clinics, mental health centers, residences for people with developmental disabilities, treatment facilities for people with substance use disorders, and correctional facilities. Is music therapy outpatient or inpatient? It depends on the individual program. You may be able to come in for sessions during the day, or a music therapist may come to you while you're in a hospital or school. Sometimes music therapy happens in groups. What happens before music therapy? Your music therapist will assess your needs and strengths. You may discuss your emotional well-being, physical health, social social functioning, perceptual and motor skills, communication abilities, cognitive skills, musical background skills and preferences, trauma history, and trauma triggers. Your music therapist will work with you to identify goals and design appropriate experiences for your session. In doing so, they'll consider your music preferences and interests, your age and developmental level, your physical and cognitive abilities, and your trauma triggers. What happens during a music therapy session? Your music therapist will guide you in making and or listening to music during your session. You may do one or more of the following. Create music. You compose music, write lyrics, or make up music together. Sing music. You use your voice to share a piece of music. Play an instrument. You use an instrument like a guitar, drums, or piano to share music. Improvise. You and your therapist work together to make music and sounds that reflect how you're feeling. This may involve singing and or playing instruments. Move to music. This can be as simple as tapping your toes together or as complicated as a coordinated dance. Listen to music. With directed listening, your therapist makes music or plays a recording and you listen to it. You then talk about the music and use it to help process your emotions or experiences. Your therapist may also play music to relax you, using the rhythm to guide you in breathing or stretching. Discuss lyrics. You read or listen to the lyrics of a song and talk about their meaning. Types of music therapy. Music therapists use many different approaches to meet your needs. In general, the types of experiences you might have fall in two broad categories. Active interventions. For these experiences, you take an active role in making music with your therapist. For example, you may sing or play an instrument. And receptive interventions. Instead of making music, you listen to music that your therapist makes or plays from a recording. You may spend some time discussing the music together as a way to process your thoughts and feelings. What should I expect after my music therapy session? Your music therapist will evaluate the effectiveness of the session and determine if it met your goals. You may choose to participate in multiple sessions. Risks and benefits. What are the potential benefits of music therapy? The benefits you gain depend on the condition or symptoms you're treating and your goals for music therapy. 
Your music therapist can explain more about what you might expect in your unique situation. In general, research shows that music therapy may help you relax, help you explore your emotions, reduce anxiety or depression, ease your stress levels, regulate your mood, strengthen your communication skills, improve speaking and language skills, build social skills, strengthen your self-confidence, help you form healthy coping skills, develop your problem-solving skills, reduce perceived levels of pain, improve your physical coordination, motor functions, and movement, and improve your quality of life. What are the risks of music therapy? Music therapy is safe and low risk, but it's, but it's possible for music to trigger painful or unexpected memories for you. To lower the chances of this happening, your music therapist will talk to you about your life experiences. These include any history of trauma or other aspects that may influence your response to music. Sharing this information to the extent that you're, that you're comfortable will allow your therapist to tailor the session to your needs. Your therapist will do everything possible to create a comfortable, safe, and meaningful experience for you. Recovery and Outlook. How many music therapy sessions do I need? It depends on your treatment goals. You'll work with your music therapist to decide how many sessions you'd like, how long they should be, and how often you should meet. When to call the doctor. When should I call my health care provider? Contact your music therapist anytime you want to discuss your music therapy treatment goals, how you're feeling in response to music therapy, the timing or scheduling of your appointments, and any questions or concerns you have. Contact your primary care physician or other health care providers if you want to discuss other aspects of your treatment plan, including medications or their side effects, and new or changing symptoms. And here are some frequently asked questions. What is the difference between music therapy and therapeutic music? Music therapy is a healthcare profession in which a qualified music therapist designs your sessions with specific individualized goals in mind. Therapeutic music is a method for relaxing you or lifting your emotions in times of need. It doesn't require a music therapist and can involve a range of experiences. This can be as simple as listening to calming music through headphones. Music can positively influence your emotions wherever you hear it, including in hospitals or schools. This is why some healthcare professionals like nurses play music at the bedside to help people who are recovering or in pain. But these experiences aren't the same as music therapy in which a music therapist designs a treatment plan for you and guides each each session. A music therapist can help you understand more about the unique aspects of music therapy and how it may benefit you. They can also explain how you may use music in your daily life, outside of your sessions, to enjoy other benefits. And how can I become a music therapist? In the U.S., you can become a music therapist by earning a bachelor's degree in music therapy. The American Music Therapy Association offers a list of colleges and universities with approved programs. Your curriculum will include classes in music, music therapy, psychology, and biology, among other areas. You'll also complete 1,200 hours of clinical training, 
which includes an internship in a healthcare or educational setting. Getting certified. The Certification Board for Music Therapists issues a national exam that sets the standard for music therapy professionals. Passing this exam gives you the Music Therapist Board Certified credential. You'll need to engage in professional development activities to stay certified. Board certification is voluntary, but many states require it for you to legally work as a music therapist. You may need to meet additional requirements like obtaining a state license depending on the state where you live or work. You can learn more by contacting the American Music Therapy Association or speaking with a mentor or professor. Music can bring people together and it can also heal. Music therapy builds upon these possibilities of music in a clinical context. Together with your music therapist, you'll set goals and work toward achieving them. Your therapist will talk with you each step of the way to see how you're feeling. They'll design each session just for you and continue to adopt and adapt sessions to your evolving interests and needs. It's important to keep in mind that music therapy isn't just for children. Adults of all ages can also benefit. If you're interested in music therapy for yourself or a child or anyone else, talking to the person's doctor about how to connect with a music therapist to learn more is the best next next step. And that concludes the article from myclevelandclinic.org. I personally would be open to participating in music therapy if a healthcare professional suggested it would be beneficial for me, but I'm not going to seek it out on my own. I'm glad one doesn't have to have talent for music to benefit from music therapy. Many of my close relatives were born with natural talent to play an instrument and to sing, but not me. (laughs) I do love music, and I do listen to music, of course. Each of us is unique and ever-changing, so please be open to new ideas and suggestions, at the same time keeping an ear to the ground for what the research says and seeking truth. The science of health is always changing, too. We laugh at what people believed 200 or 100 or even 50 years ago concerning what makes us healthy. Hey, that gives me an idea. That sounds like material for another podcast. The title might be Healthcare Myths, Past, Present, and Future. (laughs) That's why it's important for us to constantly educate ourselves by listening to podcasts and reading from trusted sources, especially when we're faced with decisions about our health. Decisions like, should I take this statin or not? What is the best diet to follow for my personal needs? Do I need to eat all organic foods, or is that just not so important? The list is endless, and I always get more than one doctor's opinion about a diagnosis or procedure that they recommend. I think of my body's repair and maintenance much like I think of my car's repair and maintenance. But of course, if I had to, I could replace my car, but there's no replacing my body. (laughs) All the more reason to work hard to take care of my body, my health. It's irreplaceable. I just reposted on Facebook a meme that came up in my memories feed that said if you don't make time to take care of your health now, you will be forced to take care of your sickness in the future. Truth. It is work, yes, and it takes time and sacrifice, yes. If you want to help others, first you must help yourself because if you don't take care of yourself first, then you will get sick and then you won't be able to take care of anyone. I know it is difficult. I know it is a balancing act, trying to get everything accomplished that you want to accomplish in the course of a day. But it is so important. You must schedule your exercise time 
first thing in the morning and schedule all the other things needed for good health too, like shopping for fresh, healthy food and time to prepare it and time for sleep and time for medical checkups and screenings and time for dental cleanings and eye checkups, etc., etc. Oh, and time for peace and rest and other emotional and mental self-care. It sounds like a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> it is, but it's really, really, really important. And and if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Have hope. You can do better and get better and feel better. Then you will have the energy to help others. And don't be hesitant to ask for help. We all need help. We are human. This is the last podcast in the therapies series I wanted to share with you. As I said in previous podcasts, I know there are other therapies available that I haven't covered in my podcasts about therapies. I'm leaving those therapies for you to investigate on your own if you think they are important. My next podcast will be on a totally unrelated topic, but a very important one. I'm going to share what I have learned about abusive children. You heard correctly. This subject, the subject of children who abuse their parents, is swept under the rug. It's ugly, and society turns a blind eye unless it is inescapable, like when a child murders a parent. As with all my podcasts, my goal is to increase awareness because that is the first step to make things better. How can we improve something if we don't know it exists? So until next time, I'm wishing you a week of making happy memories. Have you ever noticed how hearing just a few notes of music conjures up a memory? Hopefully a happy memory. Bye for now. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the last episode. For more information, please go to agingforgraceinfo.org. That's agingforgraceinfo.org. Thank you. The Health Club for Seniors is your kind of place, so come and join us and age with grace.